Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of March 14, 2011, episode number 96. We're getting there. Tick, tick, tick. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing agency that puts on the podcast. Today with me are... Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Hello. Hi. Ciao. Yo. (laughs) What's up? Arrivederci. That's That's goodbye. goodbye. Save it for the end. (laughs) (laughs) We're almost at 100. Yeah, we're getting there. Three away? Four away. Four away. We need to start thinking because I can just see what will happen. It'll be like 10, 10, 15 in the morning when we record the number 100th. We'll be like, what should we do today? (laughs) I think it, it should be a party. A party. But I always think in terms of parties. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's invite our fine listenership to suggest what should we do. Yeah, it'd be great if we could find the means to do it live or streamed or however we want to call that. But I know we that's could, we could live stream it with with the caveat that the, uh, like the audio we have this we have a weird issue in our studio in which we've got these overhead vents that uh, make some ambient noise that mm-hmm. I end up kind of pulling out in post when we edit. Um, so with a live feed, we might just have to try to uh, figure that out. Yeah. You might you might hear a little ambient background. <sighs> I can hear it right now. <laughs> Let me figure something out. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it you should know, be a blowout. Would be cool. Well, here's an idea. I mean, I'm going to be at the summit conference. I was just thinking that in Orlando. So I don't know if we can do something live from that, but we are co-sponsoring an event there, branding at the bar. So it might be cool. To, I could even do like little mini interviews with people. Yeah. And we could have those as part of the podcast. That'd be yeah. pretty cool. Because I know that some of our followers are going to be there because I've heard from them. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. You could even use your, use your iPhone. It'd be plenty good. Yeah. Make sure to do it in landscape mode. Okay, thanks. You give me a bunch of, <laughs> you give me a bunch of vertical videos. That is videos. important. I'm going to be right upset. Now? In my trip, when I went to, to Paris and London, we have phenomenal pictures. First of all, I, I mastered this before the iPhone in college, before you were even a, I don't know how old you were when I was in college, but you were a wee <laughs> I was lad. probably born, yeah. <laughs> so me and my buddies, among with many other people at that age, figured out how to take pictures of ourselves with the old cameras, sure. right? So once the iPhone, that's easy because then you can, you can actually see. So there are multitude oh, yeah. of pictures where it's just me and my girlfriend and it's just us with the Eiffel Tower in the background. Yep. And I'm taking the pictures. Yep. And you look at them, and you're like, wow, that's some skill to get like everybody <laughs> in there and the people in the background. So I think I got it figured out. But thanks for the landscape tip. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's important. It, it is. Important. I mean, sometimes if, if I'm getting video of like my son and I space that out and I'll start shooting it in, in that vertical portrait mode. And it's like, ah, this just makes it very difficult if you want to actually use that video for anything later. Right. Because okay. the screen is in. I was thinking we would just use the audio for the podcast, but <laughs> who knows? Oh, well, yeah, we, could, we could create a commemorative DVD. <laughs> with Ooh, that'll snippet. be watched. <laughs> so uh, speaking of the brand at the bar, if you haven't already, let us know if you'd like to attend that event. It's the Monday night of the summit in Orlando. So just email us at smartcreative.com at thinkinterval.com. Sure. I think last time we gave a different email or info at mm-hmm. thinkinterval.com. Either one of those work. They both uh, work. And we'll send you a little in, uh, invite. And don't forget to uh, check out our new workshop that's now up on our website. Right. 
So if you go to our, if you go to thinkinterval.com, you'll see a couple ways to access the workshop. Uh, and don't forget, if you're not a follower of our newsletter, or your newsletter to sign up there too, mm-hmm. which now you can do at every turn on our website. Correct. So I only have one more thing. Can I share this? Share it. Oh, geez. I think this is my only rant of the day. How come we don't get rants? You could have. I think Adam has plenty of rants. Well, yeah, rant. Adam. Adam needs like a tech corner podcast. <laughs> well, he rants on many things. You True. just need to rant. I don't know. You can rant I'm on just optimistic. your first I don't story. <laughs> I'm just happy about everything. So yes, I know. Well, th- would you be happy about receiving this message when you're trying to print things out for the show, and the printer gets jammed on one document? Probably, and not, it gives so. you this message: printing whatever X Y Z. Here's the here's the error message. Unable to send trailing null to printer. Broken pipe. <laughs> Better fix that pipe. That sounds like that's a, very helpful. That sounds like some kind of like medical. You got a trailing diagnosis. Null in your pipe. Well, <laughs> what we've discovered is you're unable to send trailing nulls. You must have a broken pipe. And you knew exactly what to do after you got that message, didn't you? Yeah, I beat on the printer. <laughs> <laughs> PC load letter. What the? I hate that. Crap. That's the new version of PC load letter. Broken the pipe. Unable to send. I like unable to send trailing null. Broken pipe. What is that? <laughs> what about null? the forwarding null? What about the middle of the road null? I don't care about the trailing null. What's a null? N-U-L-L. N-U-L. Nothing. Oh. The trailing null. Null is nothing. That's awesome. So I don't know. All right. On to our show. On to the real Onto part the of our show. important stuff. So this segment's called BBF. Instead of BFF. Do you have BFFs to use that term? I look at Jackie because it's usually a feminine term, and it's usually younger folks. I prefer bestie. Bestie? Do you really? (laughs) No, I don't really use either, I hope. Bestie? Sounds like a a show horse or something. Bestie. That's not good. Bestie won the gold medal. fair. (laughs) You don't use BFF? Not really, no. I try not to. So this is best brand forever. (laughs) OMG. OMG, best brand forever. Because we're going to make fun of a couple of things related to branding. And a past rant, which has been this whole idea that people want to, they don't want to be sold to anymore. They want to be friends with their brands. They want to have relationships with their Mm -hmm. brands. They want to interact with their brands. They want to shape their brands. No more. Yes. Let's hear the first, (laughs) another, you know, bullet in the chamber against that asinine concept, at least from my perspective. So, Jackie, this was a story you brought from Adweek. It is. Why don't you give us a little oversight of it? Looks like young young users are hating on brands. No BBFs? No BBFs here. So this article states that just 6% of users 12 to 17 want to be friends with brands on Facebook, which is it's quite a small percentage. So it says, bad news for brands enamored with the possibility of connecting one-on-one with each and every <laughs> consumer through the magic of social media. Young people don't want to be friends with you. So as mentioned, 6% of 12 to 17-year-olds who use the web desire to be friends with a brand on Facebook, despite the fact that half of this demographic uses the site. So among web-connected 18 to 24-year-olds, though, that figure doubles, meaning that 12% of the demo is okay with befriending brands. 12%. Woo! There's a powerful segment. That's, That's significant. Um, even scarier for brands, young people don't want brands' friendship, and they think that brands should go away. <laughs> Damn right they do. <laughs> so, 
Given that. This is where Adam sounds like a 13-year-old when he says, I'm not beholden to no brand. (laughs) Right? I mean, you like to say that you don't feel like you're... Yeah, but then again, we've also called me out on that because there know, are there but, are brands, but but I think that that that's a it's, but I, I'm I'll switch I'll, I'm a switcher when it comes to a lot of things. There's a few things where I, I I don't, but you know. Well, and I just this is honestly what I thought was the most interesting part of this article. The last the last sentence, regardless of their willingness to interact with brands, nearly three quarters of twelve to seventeen year olds, seventy four percent use social networks to talk about products with friends and make recommendations. Now there's there's a. That is a perfect example of a point that I've tried to drive home many times in the past. I think maybe that I can't remember if I did a blog post on that a while ago or not. If I didn't, I started writing it and never finished it because I was just enraged. So I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) But it it comes down to what does it really mean for a brand to be present in social media, to be present in social media, not necessarily to have a presence, but to be present. To really be in social media as a brand, mm-hmm. it means people are talking about you. It doesn't mean that you're there spewing your crap, right? That's because the perfect, because these, yeah. these environments, like it or not, they're not a place for you. They're a place for us to talk to our friends, to have these social interactions. Right. But I want to be your not friend. Not to be friends with you. I'm Minute Maid Orange Juice. <laughs> I'm colorful and fruity. Well, be my friend. I will be your Let's friend. Share some stories. What you, what you need to do is Minute Maid is create an amazing freaking juice that Ooh, I want to drink. That. Hold that thought, and that I want to tell everybody about. I know. Hold that thought because that's, that's that's coming up on our agenda. <laughs> yeah, nice foreshadowing. So save that rant because I think that's more appropriate to something else we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. All right. So I, I guess what to me that's that's a really low percentage and, and it, but it also i mean you've got to be careful because if you ask people do you want to be friends with brands i mean right this kind of goes kind of yeah, what i've been yeah, saying what does that mean that's that brand bubble book that makes me want to scream where people say ah oh, you know i'm not beholden to brands right. you know whatever and i go well except for we're all still buying the top three car makers and we're still buying the top three refrigerators and we're we are loyal habitual beings which the book biology is if mm-hmm. you don't believe me read that uh, but don't want to admit it. But we don't admit it. So, so that's to your point, Jackie. Is that you know, no, only six percent say they want to be friends with brands. Yet, three quarters of them are talking about brands in what I would consider a loyal way. If you're talking about them, you're mm-hmm. advocating for them, you are recommending them. Well, that's the real juice. That's that's what you'd want as a brand, right? You know. So to have this expectation that. You're going to build these relationships with consumers. It's just, it's folly. I think it's folly. I mean, I don't care what yeah. kind of, I mean, it's different if you're a, you're trying to build relationships <clears throat> with clients where, it's, where it is literally one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But if you're a consumer brand, how are you going to build a relationship with a million people? It just doesn't, it's not feasible. Right. Right. Well, and that's why even in the article they say um, that brands might be better off being more reactive than proactive and that they should be listening. As opposed to yeah, and that's an interesting. What's the st- statistic that it closes with? It's uh, there's something about um, that young that the kids don't want these brands in their networks, yet they expect them. Yet a significant percentage, I think it was almost is about twenty five percent or something, want brands to listen to right. what they're saying and yep. respond somehow to meet their right. Sixteen percent expect brands to use social media to interact with them, and twenty eight percent expect those brands to listen to what they say. So yeah. And I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they say usually means I've got a problem and I want a response. Right. right. Or it means I've got 
thoughts or ideas, and I want you to take them to heart, even if you don't respond. Right. Make sure you're listening Though, to what that I'm makes me roll my eyes streaming because that goes back to the logo bit. Here's my thought on your new logo, and we've kind well, of not necessarily. If it's like that. You, no, but no, it fits my, in that category. Yes and no. I would say it doesn't <laughs> because if I if I like have a pair of sh- like I just bought a new pair of Skechers or something, let's say, and let's say I was tying them up and I the laces in both shoes broke while I'm tying them, and I go on to Twitter and I say, "God, I just bought these new Skechers," and as I was tying them for the first time, the both laces broke. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you should. I mean, you should be listening for any time your brand right. name is mentioned. But that's what I mean. Not necessarily. Like feedback on a logo, but like like feedback about your product. Well, that's or what I'm saying. Yes, should, because I'm qualified to, to determine whether or not my shoelaces work. Right. Most people are not qualified, or you know, to determine whether to, a logo yes, is going to be crowdsourcing your mm-hmm. brand identity. Right. Okay, so that's interesting. And now here, let's take this another step further because I think this is just asinine. You should you should read this article. It's in um, Bloomberg Business Week, and it's about Ben Silverman, and the title is Ben Silverman Advertainer. And first of all, when you go to the article, you'll see the picture of this guy, and you'll instantly know what the whole <laughs> jibe is here. This guy is just a complete – I think he's just a tool, huckster salesman tool. Yeah, and I read about him a few years ago, and it was the same bit. So he, he, was, he was hired as the head of NBC Entertainment, and he was 34, 36 at the time. Wow. Yeah, flamed out. I mean, he tried to bring back um, – you know, I think his biggest success was um, Biggest Loser, which I think was before he started NBC. Okay, um, but he he brought thing, he tried to bring back like uh, what's the show with Kit the car in it? Oh, Knight Rider. Knight Rider, yeah, which yeah. Fl- I mean, basically flamed totally. So he <laughs> left, and maybe that was an appropriate deal for him. But he started a new company called Electus. Should have brought back Airwolf. <laughs> Remember Airwolf? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. What was the name <laughs> of that guy? Three names. It'll come to us. You, lo- you totally lost, man. Something, know something, something was the main dude. <laughs> Van act- something was in his name, I think. His name in the show or his actual the, name? The actor's name. Oh. And Dick Van it'll come to It'll come to me. I don't know. Anyway, so Electus is an entertainment company that tries to differentiate itself by creating programming for the web and for broadcast that is based on, excuse me, brands. So it's way beyond like product placement where there are agencies set up that are all about, you know, uh, brands hire them to try to integrate their brand into mm-hmm. broadcasting. So mm-hmm. the example given in here was, I don't watch Friday Night Lights. I heard it's amazing. But Applebee's did that. And Applebee's became kind of the place where the, the kids would go. And mm-hmm. it was like a wholesome, fun place for them to go hang out, right? So I don't know how intrusive that was. If it's done right, it can be fine. It fits right in the story. Right. If it's intrusive, right. which is the point of this article to me, right. it's asinine. So here's the example of something um, Electus has done. It says it successfully created sponsor programs to the internet, um, but only one of its brand-led TV series is made onto television. In the fall of 2010, uh, Centric, a spinoff channel of black entertainment television, aired eight episodes of Master of the Mix, a DJ competition reality show that Electus co-produced. The show is financed by the London-based liqueur giant Diago, owner of Smirnoff. In the series, seven DJs compete to become a Smirnoff-sponsored DJ 
who will spin at company promoted events around the world and get a limited edition Smirnoff bottle design in his or her honor. Smirnoff is everywhere on the show, and it doesn't exactly blend into the narrative. In the first episode, the contestants move into a house in Hollywood where they meet a curvaceous mixologist who works behind a Smirnoff stock bar. She routinely routinely pours Smirnoff (laughs) cocktails and engages in Smirnoff-inspired dialogue. Even with all that product presence, Master of the Mix still has plenty of commercial breaks. The sponsorship, in other words, doesn't replace the traditional business model. It just loads the series down with additional advertising. Overkill. So they've got this. Apparently, they've been working this other show called Paulo and something. I'll find it. That's been on the like the right board for a, a year, and it hasn't gone anywhere. Um, Pedro and Maria. So the whole concept here is that they're trying to build a new model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the article questions this, and so do I. Do you think this has any sustainability? No. I no, mean, because once again, people are going to start seeing through. I mean, I don't know how you can't already be annoyed with the amount of Smirnoff promotion in that television. Aren't you even? Do you no. watch American Idol? Uh, I've, I've, no. I see it here and there. I don't watch it regularly. Okay. Well, when I used to watch, I don't know if this is still the case. Um, near the end, they would have music videos created of the finalists who were left, and it was always around a Ford. So they would be driving right, for it. Right. And it, you know, it was like mm-hmm. a, some kind of song related to you know, cars or whatever yeah. or something fun. But that. to me, that was intrusive. And that was supposed yeah. to be like a breakthrough marketing model that in places I've read really didn't do much for yeah. Ford. Yeah. I don't know. But well, you know what? What makes sense? I mean, product placement done subtly and done environmentally appropriately, it, it doesn't fe- it feels I'm using American Idol, Idol as an example again. They almost always have a glass, a Coke glass in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like a red Coca-Cola glass. It's just there. But they're just drinking Coke throughout the show or whatever the hell is in the glass. Who knows? Maybe it's water. I don't know. Right, right. But that's, that just feels much more appropriate. Like it's part of the set. It kind of blends in. I mean, you see it. You know it's product just, placement. But it's not obtrusive. You know, right. it's just there. It's a glass. That's Coke, fine. If it's got Smurfs on it, fine. You know? Another good example is... Um, uh, I don't watch it very often, but uh, Jimmy Fallon, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. He's got a um, power Mac, MacBook Pro yeah, that sits on his that. desk. Right. And he doesn't you know, cover up the Apple with tape. It just right. leaves it exposed. Now, I'm not sure if Apple pays him for that or not. He's kind of a uh, – he's, he's got a tech nerd yeah, side totally. to him. Um, he appeals to that crowd because he kind of, kind of speaks the language. Um, so maybe he, maybe they, maybe mm-hmm. they're paying for the placement, yeah. but I doubt it. I think he just likes to use those products, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it sitting subtle. here because that's what I use. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like that Apple logo is sitting next to him in almost every shot where he's sitting at his desk. It's right, right there. But, but even that in. can it's, be handled not, wrong, right? I mean, we all know examples of movies where it's the same bit. It's oh, always God. a laptop, and it's where they like open it so the logo is like open the logo. Right yeah, it, they can overdo it. it the Transformers, intrusive. the new Transformers yes, movies, yes. the GMC truck right. comes driving up to the camera. The big logo like stops right. right on the logo. It's like, come on, right? Do you I know, saw the logo. You don't need to put it into my. You don't need to <laughs> pound my eyeballs with it. Do you know what movie I always think of? And even though it's a few years old, it was just so rot with product placement was the italian job they had a lot the cooper mini coopers oh my gosh and even above and beyond that and i think maybe maybe that was okay because people just expected it yeah there was maybe that's kind of the deal with these tv shows there was a scene from the thomas you see the thomas crown affair great movie yeah a long time ago there's this one scene where the the main woman goes to the soda machine yeah goes to a soda machine and like 
it's like almost it's just obvious because she puts the money in and they're like zooming in on like the logos that she's pushing and the can comes out and when she takes she cracks it open and takes a refreshing sip and the logo is like perfectly placed in her hand so you can see it it's like come on here's right. here's why this won't when work. they re-edited it just a, when they <laughs> re-edited it for tv they it was like the actual diet coke that was on there was was replaced with um like imposed with some generic diet soda logo or it must something. not have the rights or something. Something. not hmm. this is this is you're hitting on why you guys are hitting on why i don't think this work. product placement has to be very subtle mm-hmm. because as soon as that happens it takes you out of, of the, the experience, experience right which which is disruptive and that does not work no i'm like that with movies in general and i think one of the last movies i saw where at, sometimes at the end of the movie if i'm watching a movie and like an, an actor starts doing something weird, and it pulls you out of the experience, and it reminds you that's this per- you you you're no, you're no longer lost in the person's role. Now you remember that person as you know Jennifer Aniston or whatever. It's like oh, this, this right. it takes you out of the experience. Mm-hmm. Like watching the I think the King's Speech at the end of the movie, I was like wow, I didn't because I, I sometimes I think about it that at the end. It's like I didn't get pulled out of the experience at all the whole time. I was immersed in the story, right. and it never nothing ever distracted me. Nothing made me feel like I was watching a movie. I kind of had that tunnel vision the whole time. And that's awesome. You have to, you have to, you have to keep that in mind with this kind of stuff, right? So I think so. That's one problem. And then, what, but what these guys are doing is even more. And the problem with mm-hmm. this one is, uh, you know, you could be okay with a Smirnoff-based uh, DJ thing if you were into that. But if it's still over the top, it's going to annoy you. But to me, the the article says somewhere, and I can't find it because it's a long one. That will entertainment work? If it doesn't think of the audience first, and that's the problem with this, because yeah. mo- you know, there's very few types of entertainment people like where there's not conflict, drama, humor, whatever, right? right? And so, if the brand is at the center of it, the brand has to be part of the drama or the humor. Right. So, mm-hmm. what brand wants to be part of negative? You know, like somebody died driving Charlie in the Sheen. car, or you know, I just think. Yeah, whatever. I just think it's it won't, <laughs> any, they won't any do press that. is good press, Chris. Come on, no, they won't do that, and they won't. Um, there's an example in here about Orbit Gum, which has some pretty radical TV spots, and they've got like online mm-hmm. videos that go even further. They have mm-hmm. Jason Bateman and Will Arnott, who's hilarious. If a brand can make fun of itself, then fine, but that's not a lot of brands, right? Yeah. So I just think it's it, it might apply in some cases, but. As soon as people sniff out what this is about, it's just going to turn them off. Yeah, I don't yeah. see how. It sounds like it's all like, "Hey, this is great for the advertiser," but mm-hmm. it's got to work for the end user, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think so. That's that's pretty overkill, though. The Schmiernoff example you gave, so interesting. But I even think the American Idol one is overkill, or the example of the Coke drinking with Renee Russo is over the top. I just think well, that's, that's true, but. But the Smirnoff one, yeah, it would be I mean, not, it'd be like you're watching an infomercial at that point. Yeah. I don't know. People watch those. Okay. So let's keep talking about advertising because we, we got something that this is where, Adam, I wanted you to save your rage. I'll only watch an infomercial if it has a slap chop in it. Okay. Ooh, I love a slap leave, chop. We're just going to leave that alone. Slap chop's awesome. I don't know what it is. You don't have, you're getting a slap chop for Christmas this year then. Awesome. <laughs> So uh, this next one is, I came across this from a blog I follow. I've mentioned it before, Healthcare Strategist by Steve Davis. He puts up great stuff, and so much of it is aligned with how we think. Mm -hmm. So his blog post is titled, I Suck, Therefore I Advertise. (laughs) And he's actually talking about another article, which we'll get to in a second, 
Uh, but he leads off with hospital marketers and the CEOs who demand so little of them try to advertise <laughs> services they believe are distinctive. They have no trouble finding an agency to spend their money, though they're frequently wrong about the distinctive part. Here's an article making the reverse case. Bloated advertising budgets are a symptom of undistinguished, undifferentiated services. Call it a tax on mediocrity. Says the article that he's riffing on, you will in effect be taxed in media dollars for what you failed to spend in research and development. So the article is from Business Week, and it's called the Innovation Deficit Tax, which is advertising. One easy way to know whether your product or service qualifies as sufficiently innovative to get people talking about it, look no further than your ad budget. And then there's a quote in here from the founder of the Geek Squad who says, advertising is a tax you pay for a bad idea, which, Adam, you've talked about. I mean, we all talked about, but I know you've hit on that. Uh, and, the, and the way they think about it, this is how they bring the issue to the forefront. Answer this question. How many apps have you purchased? Since some 1 billion apps were reportedly downloaded worldwide in nine months, we'll assume that you're like us and the number exceeds a few. How many of those apps did you download because a friend told you about them or because you heard about them online? Conversely, how many did you purchase because you saw an ad? Come to think of it, how many ads for specific apps have you ever seen? Therein lies our point. So this is where we always get back to Mayo Clinic, the iPod, Mm -hmm. Starbucks, all these amazing brands that succeed without advertising. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's where we always try to talk about innovation, the patient experience, that advertising is the last resort, not the silver bullet solution. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hit the nail on the head. I think they did. You got nothing to say on this, Adam? Oh this is gosh. like your, this is right up your alley. Yeah. Right yeah. Right spot. <laughs> what else right do I say? <laughs> we just agree. I'm not sure what else to say. What can I add? It's perfection. You can't make perfection more perfect. I love that headline. What? That guy's blog post. I suck, I suck therefore, therefore I advertise. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's extreme. I mean, advertising yeah. has a role, but it, it, especially in our business, and this is where he's coming from. He used to work mm-hmm. in, a, in a healthcare system. Uh, you know, great products and services don't need much advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then so he's got an update, which I think is good too. Uh, he says, a friend asked me if I was tacitly endorsing a return to the build it and they will come. A common hospital marketing approach from days of yore, or should I call it a non-marketing approach? Regardless, the answer is no, capital letters, ex- exclamation point. Perhaps it's build it right and it right. will be your evangelists. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's better than any marketing that's budget. That's a great quote. That yeah. sums it up. <clears throat> right there. Yep. Build it right. Make a great experience. You're not going to even have to advertise a damn thing. People mm-hmm. will do it for you. Right. And I think part of the challenge is there's a disconnect between what we believe uh, as folks who are out there following the market, understanding trends, know how consumers think about healthcare. And when you get deep, deep, deep into health systems and mm-hmm. hospitals, operational leaders or physicians who think, what do you mean? We have a great experience. We have a board-certified specialist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We are open four days a week till four. (laughs) You know, nobody else does this. And then, you you know, you kind of question them. Well, I see this, you know, hospital XYZ that is in your market that also, well, they say that. But here's how it's different. Right. And you're like, well. You know, they're saying the same damn thing right now about you. About me personally? Yes. Who is? (laughs) We are. The uh, you just totally <laughs> threw me. The competitor is saying the same thing about the person who just made the statement. They're, they're both saying oh, the same thing. Yeah, you, about oh, each yeah, other. Second person. Their thing is. Right. 
Right, exactly. And they're, they're saying, saying it about you. But play stump Chris. Like, what? You just like totally threw me off the track. <laughs> yeah. So, so there is a disconnect between what we think is truly innovative and, and builds word of mouth and mm-hmm. what so many folks think really does. Wow, I thought that was going to be a real firebrand, real lot of fireworks there. <laughs> I ran to the slide. I kind of went off earlier like, cool. about it. So. Well, I cut you off then. Don't you want to finish your thought about that? You, you, I had my momentum was going, and you just like I sucked it out. Just just squelched my, it. Wow! Stamp me out like a. Well, that that was supposed to be a long talker, but I guess was I guess that's just enough said. <laughs> enough. Stands without the, reason. Enough. Good enough. Is that how you say that? What, what did you say? Stands without reason. Is that the right way to say that phrase? I don't know. When in Rome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my Ron. That's my Ron. That's for the day. <laughs> All right, let's land with one more thing here. Agree to disagree. You can, you can talk about this one. The in bed tagger. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Sealy. Just interesting. It's cute. Sealy Mattresses has released an uh, iPad or I, I think an iPhone ver- app and an Android, Android app. Yep. Um, it's basically just a camera app that adds a little, allows you to position a little tag that says in bed and uh, position it on your photo wherever appropriate. And if you look at their um, sample video, which we'll link up in the show notes, um, it's pretty hilarious if as long as you don't mind a little sexual innu- innuendo with a, <gasps> that is not appropriate we will not go there. their, ta- their tagline never... their tagline is awesome what is it does it is whatever you criticism? do in bed Sealy supports it yes <laughs> that is fantastic that, that is, is fantastic <laughs> and is. this app supports that tagline to a to a t it's just mm-hmm. perfect right so some of the examples are like what's the one that's on in the blog or in their post here <laughs> It's, a, it's somebody taking a picture of a wheelchair sign that says accessible entry, and then it's tagged in bed. Right. So when you, another so when one, you, speed, speed hump ahead in bed. When you look at Sealy. you look at your camera view, you see whatever it is you're pointing your camera at, and then they've got like a box that's just superimposed when you mm-hmm. use this right. app right. that says in bed. So you can, you can position take a it, picture of it. And right. you can position the tag wherever you right. want it to be. You can upload it back to Sealy. Yeah, and then you can, you can upload the picture, I think, straight to Facebook through there, straight to Twitter through there. So it's nice brand integration and that and it's not invade i mean it's that's funny that's, mm-hmm. that's hilarious well it's, it's one of those on things fortune cookie thing yeah yeah right because that's an old it's joke. one of those things where you're like you know what this is this is so this has got such a mm-hmm. funny slant to it that i don't even care if the hospital or if the uh mattress company logo in this case <laughs> appears on there it's just kind of a fine whatever that's this is funny so this is yeah. so let's talk about yeah it's funny yeah it's clever do, you, do we think this is going to... I mean, first of all, this reminds me of Old Spice mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that Old Spice, at least the way we were thinking about it, was total like my grandpa's cologne yeah. BS. And Sealy is the same thing. I yeah. mean, Sealy Posturepedic, that makes well, me think of a 75-year-old... Yeah, but who thinks... I mean, as a consumer, <laughs> I have no... I, I you, could, you could throw out any mattress company and I'm going to be like, they're, oh. all the, they're all the same to me. Sleep I don't. number? Yeah. Most people think about that differently. I, they're yeah. all the same to me. I don't think. I mean, I know, I know, you're not the only I know there's, there's no, not, not even that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I like, well, I've never had any really reason to, I mean, I've purchased mattresses in my life, but I've, it's never, I've gone to the store and I've been like, well, this one's comfortable and it's not $4,000. Right, so I'll but buy But when it. you hear Sealy, I mean, most, I mean, Sealy is pretty old school brand. Well, they've certainly done a refresher with the, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they didn't change their, I mean, their, their look and everything is the same as it's always been. As far as I You've know. You've never heard of Sealy Posturepedic Morning. 
<laughs> no. We can find that. That's an as ad probably back in the eighties or nineties. Who does the uh, I wasn't born who yet. does the bed you can jump on but the wine glass doesn't dump over? Uh, it's like that is NASA. What's what that? Tempur-Pedic. Tempur-Pedic, that's it, yeah. right. Right. You ever but laid in one of those? Point. Like after two, you spend $4,000 on that mattress, and after two years, the thing is like so floppy and flimsy that you just like fall sink. It's horrible. So the wine falls over? Probably. But at would. least yeah. that's trying to demonstrate a point. <laughs> I like can't sleep have that. Number, sleep number has a differentiated message. You can adjust the size of the bed to whatever works for you, which is a phenomenal product asset. For mattresses. The only, what the heck for is million this? Million dollars. I think maybe There's I, nothing. Maybe I stayed in a hotel once where there was a sleep number. I don't know. I didn't think it was that great. That's probably why. The other one I slept in was at a friend's house where <laughs> it was like their guest room. And I think somebody really big had been using it. So the, the bed. Was, so here's my here's what I think of when I think of sleep number is this disgusting stained mattress where one side doesn't even work because <laughs> well, somebody who was like 400 fault. pounds. Yeah, but that's still that's my connection to the sleep number at this point. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you missed my I'm point. I'm having a hard time understanding. How does, how does this, what is this, is this just basically a attitude brand? I mean, yeah. and will it work? Will more know, people maybe, buy silly maybe. mattresses because of it? I have no idea. Oh, it's creating buzz and it's maybe. creative. And I mean, here's the, so it's creating awareness of Sealy. Well, that, that yeah. had before. I mean, these are probably kind of stale prior to this. Yeah, and young That's people who point, you have yeah. no connection yeah. to a mattress brand, if this is like the first they start to see, it's like, oh, well, that yeah. was funny. And My friend posted this thing where he speed hump in ahead or in bed on his Facebook thing. I remember that brand. That's a mattress company, right? They're funny. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm not saying it will work. No, I'm not. Just, I mean, clever. I think it's very innovative mm-hmm. and it's a great way to use an app or well, something. Well, that and, I mean, what what's a bed for? There are two things a bed is for, right? Well. One is, one is, one is implied with <laughs> any audience. <laughs> yeah, well, and the other one is sex, obviously. So they're using that <laughs> Sleep is the obvious thing to sell a bed, right? So why even use that anymore? It's just, it's, an, it's duh. So why not use sex to sell it? Because that's what the product is for in many cases, right? I suppose. Yeah. I could think of other uses for beds, but okay, that's fine. What? Put your <laughs> standard wine up on? Yeah. It's my wine stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I think it's a great idea. I don't mean to, to belittle it, but I do think you always have what? to answer the question, what is this going to gain you? How are they going to track it? How are they right. going to know what? whether this helps them? Right, but this, this, yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, there are a lot of brands who try to use the sex sells thing, and it's kind of not even really appropriate because the brand doesn't have. They want their brand to be sexy, maybe. GoDaddy, sex. like GoDaddy yeah. is a good example. GoDaddy has, unless you're hosting a porn site and using GoDaddy as your register, is your registrar and host. GoDaddy, the brand itself, really has absolutely nothing to do with sex. But it's sex. Been successful for them. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's not. I mean, in this case, relevant. this is a brand where it's it's relevant. This is part of what okay. your product is used for. So, it's, but it doesn't really differentiate silly from any other mattress. That's part of my point. It I does. Mean, all maybe, mattresses it maybe are does in the sense that they're actually yeah, but they're the probably one of the first to actually okay. market it as mm-hmm. that. Well, there's probably been others, but I don't recall them. I, for some reason, I remember like a silhouette of a fuzzy hot woman with silly advertising before. Maybe, maybe, it maybe they've Sealy. always played on it a little bit. I don't. Not Sealy. Tempur-Pedic's got the bare naked button. Sealy. What's that? <laughs> Isn't it Tempur-Pedic that's got the naked person laying on their side, like on the mattress oh. as their logo? Yeah, that's so There's a butt too. crack in their logo and everything. So I guess that's a little racy. What? Yeah. Go, go to Tempur-Pedic.com. Are you sure it's Tempur-Pedic and not something else? It might be sleeping. Name it's another mattress brand. I think it's Tempur-Pedic. Do it. Serta. Uh, Serta. Serta. Nice. <laughs> Mattress Giant? No, wait, that's just a seller. Original Mattress Factory? The Original Mattress Factory. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Any more? 
Sure, fine. I don't know. Oh, wait, no, that's okay. sure fine. I haven't been in the in the market for a mattress Archer's in a farm. while. I just sleep on mattress boards on the floor. Mattress shopping sucks. I had to do it recently, and it's terrible. Well, yeah, because you, you the, jump on the, the bed. The worst part and... is you have to deal with like a car salesman type people. Right, bed. you do. You have to deal with them, and you have to. You're supposed to lay on the bed. Yeah. And it's like what? It's, it's, There's no way this. I have to sleep on it for eight hours. Right, How is it going to replicate right. my experience? Yeah. Plus, now you're trying to lay on something and get comfortable while some weirdo is watching you do it, and it's like, or else other people in the store. It's like <laughs> no. this is just and other people laid on it. And it's stained. Yeah. Yeah, one yeah. side's all flattened. <laughs> Which is why I hate sleep number. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's funny. All right. On that note. That's enough on mattress advertising. Yeah. Stain mattresses. Well, check out, check it out. See if anybody downloads the app. It's one of those apps that you download, you use like for Once. a month yeah, and then you be like, again. what was this for? <laughs> Delete. True. Yeah. Like well, half the apps on my phone right now. But if you posted a couple like of pictures. Like my T-Pain and... app. Oh, God. Yeah, I bought that dumb thing. <laughs> I don't, was That's it still t- kind of funny. I don't have used it in a year and a half. Well, why I, would it barely you? worked. It was hard to yeah, use when you, the first time I tried to use it. It's like. Stupid. But it was fun. All <laughs> right. It's entertaining. Yeah. Let's sign off with that. I think we're running out of gas. <sighs> For the arrogant, we're going to sign off. Is that all right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yes, I think please. it's time we sign off. Let's do it. it. Let's sign off. For arrogant healthcare market, we should sign off. Huh? For arrogant healthcare <laughs> oh marketing bastards podcast, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Retackle. At AP Meyer. Adam Meyer. We're signing off. At Interval Chris. Talk to you. Oh, yeah. Follow us. <laughs> Fo- you know, try to follow us on Twitter. See if you can find us. Yeah. We're out there. We're out there. <laughs> I get followers every day. Oh, it's by the hundreds. And there are always people who want to help businesses grow. <laughs> Yay. Yay for them. So All follow right. me if you're one of those. Yeah. All right. Thanks we'll for tuning in. Talk to you next time. <laughs>